Hi, I'm Otto. Welcome to Ellen Sarah's podcast. All right, look, you guys ask and you, you know, you shall receive one of our most requested guests. I'm talking like requested in the same sentence as experts, celebrities, superstars that, you know, we ask, we're like, who do you guys want to hear from? This next guest was overwhelmingly in the top, I would say five, top three, potentially, actually. Um, So many people are fascinated by this person. So many people feel that this person is very mysterious. So many people feel like they want to know more about her. So today we have Nikki, Aaron's childhood best friend, someone who makes no apologies for who she is. She is one of the most authentic. Well, she's legendary. There is nobody like Nikki Irwin. I mean, she is just, I get, I get why people want to hear from her because they're like, who is this person? Who is this person that seems to live her life so honestly, so openly, no apologies for who she is. She has a successful business. She's been with her partner for 20 years. She doesn't want kids. I mean, you're going to hear about it all. So we dive into our friendship as kids and her relationship with me and just all of it. And it's, it's really great. So without further ado, guys, here is mine and Aaron's conversation with Nikki Irwin. Hi. There she is in all her glory. I'm here. If everybody could see her right now, she is looking fresh with a top knot, tons of her established jewelry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who's everybody? Uh, Our millions of listeners. Oh my God. Okay. Should I have like watched this? Should I, should I have prepared? Well, I mean, listen, you should be listening to podcasts Did you just say I haven't watched this? It's a podcast. I don't podcast. You know that. If I have a minute, I listen to music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the same way. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I thank don't, you. I don't seek learning in the car. I seek vibing. I don't seek learning at all. Right. Erin's <laughs> always been a viber. Every, if you know Erin, she seeks vibes. <laughs> <laughs> this could turn on Sarah. You know, I don't know, Sarah, you could, this could turn on you. Cause I don't know if you remember recently when we, Nikki and I were laughing about a specific situation that happened with you years ago and you claimed it was fake news and a made up story. We have a lot of those stories. Like Nikki has so many. She was my witness to the behavior of Sarah that Sarah denies. I was a victim. I was not a witness. I was a victim as well. Okay. Well, and we'll get there, but I (laughs) paid it back in spades by introducing you to your husband. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all a wash. (laughs) Every time I see Sarah for the last 20 years, she's like, I gave you your life. (laughs) Like, hi, Sarah. On a platter, on a fucking platter, served it up. I mean, I got you to introduce them like you like set them up though. Like it was you just, actually, I, you weren't even there when we first met. Yeah, I was. And uh, secondly, to be clear, he was like living in a sketchy rented house. <laughs> like he, they were like broke as a joke. And they had like fucking sausage. He was like not dateable. Am I allowed to swear? First yes. of all, oh, he had God. a blue Acura, which was like, or a Lexus. Well, a I mean, he didn't, he didn't have that. He had a Jaguar when I met him. But okay. the second he I got and I was like, oh, rich. And then I got to his place and I was like, where are we? <laughs> I was like, oh no, am I in danger? No, yeah, okay. that was like dangerous of you for you to like okay. actually even put Nikki on his radar. That was. I wasn't there, but you two were losers that could not get into a club unless I made it happen for both of you. 
sex. Well, that's a fact. Losers slash underage. I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I literally went from like my parents' house to the club and back to my parents' house. You were a loser who couldn't get into you the club. Couldn't get into a club because it was illegal. Oh, yeah, we were illegally there. All right. The point is, I did you both a solid by asking for a favor to allow you to to be in the club. I'm just saying. I think that I should be forgiven for how little I cared about you guys for the life I've given both of you guys. You know, I actually don't mind the way you said that because it. It wasn't hate. You just truly didn't care for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just didn't care. Uh, at the time, I was like, she hates us. And now I'm like, she would have had to care to hate us. <laughs> yeah. No, like you have I, to like, you have to like notice someone that you hate. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. No, I hate you, you guys. I loved you guys. <laughs> I just, you are tan. <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to hang out with you, but I didn't hate you. I talk about, I think I told this story on here when like, I mean, there were so many stories like this, but it's just a random one that I remember. I remember. It used to be very cool to go to the coffee mean. Yes, on it sunset. did. Oh, I could use that right now in my life. Um, and Nikki and I and Lexi, mm-hmm. we typically had a lot of free time, <laughs> and we like we were zero concerned about like what are we doing with our lives. No, we were in our twenties, and we were just like I don't know, figured out when we're like thirty or something. I was smoking cigarettes. That's how little concerned I was with life. Yeah, we were not concerned about being productive, making money. We were just like drifting through life. A lot of free time on our hands. And we were just desperate to be like a part of a cool clique. And we just didn't know how to get there. And we had one in. Listen, I have like a little bit of a different experience than okay, you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will say this. We lived the same life. We were there together, but we saw it from different ways. And Aaron's always like, we were so desperate. Like we just wanted something bigger. And I'm like, no, I just wanted a sunrise with extra whipping to get stoned and get a Red Bull. So like you were on the journey with me, but we had different experiences. Okay. So maybe I was a little bit more ambitious than you were in the right. social setting. Yes. Okay. So when you guys were driving up and down sunset for hours. Nikki was enjoying it. And Aaron was more just like waiting for an invite or something to somewhere. Like, were you enjoying? Listen, Aaron had dreams. You did have dreams. I had dreams. I didn't. I was. I taking, still don't. <laughs> I was taking myself very seriously when we were younger. Um, and she was, Nikki she wasn't. was going to Sarah Lawrence. She was going to go to Sarah Lawrence uh-huh. and become a writer. Uh-huh. And she wore, she had a beret. Uh-huh. I was really trying to work that beret. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to do like a lot of hats. Like I was trying to figure out, do I, am I a page boy hat? Am I a, she loved a scarf. As am, well. I, I love, am I a scarf? It turned out none of them were really working. <laughs> and red hair. <laughs> the red hair just boggles my mind. Like Sarah, it took you like seven that. years to tell me that I should be blonde. And that's like fucked up because the, the red, she still didn't care at that point. Yeah. The red was not working for me. And I, it was, there for so long and it wasn't natural. I was forcing the red unnecessarily. Um, anyway, the, the story that we get in trouble for never finishing stories, but the story I was thinking of was just, we went to the coffee bean looking to like, I guess see and be seen or for you just to get a, you know, sunrise, sunrise. It's like an orange Julius. (sighs) Anyway, then we, and then you or Lexi was like, Oh, your sister's here. That's your sister over there. And I was like, Wait, oh I have God. to get my I have to get my other headphones because these are literally killing me. But um, please tell the story that we've heard forty thousand times while I'm doing that. Well, I can't tell it without you because you have to react. Well, and you tell can us tell it's not, not true. <laughs> but Nikki, she rewrites history, so I'm just letting you know. I she mean, I was there. I was so. there. Yeah, Nikki was there. 
We have so many questions for you. By the way, look at these, look at all these things people wrote in for you. I like the second sentence. It says, "She's my idol." I know. Isn't that Love crazy? that person. Like, who is she? Is a good one too. <laughs> what is she? Who are you? Oh wow. Okay, Sarah's got her big headphones on. I'm just destined to look stupid. I hate these headphones so much, but the other ones, I couldn't hear you. People are so obsessed with you. You know, you have a a private Instagram and a public Instagram. How are you with the private? Do you just let anybody watch you or you're really specific about who you accept or what? No, I I accept everybody. What's the point of being private if you accept everyone? Because... I've, I've been private. Nikki Watt's been private for like five years. You don't want lurkers. No, I don't give a shit about a lurker. Like, aren't we all lurkers? Yep. What I didn't like is I, I, I do get mostly love. I also haven't posted on Nikki Watt in a long time because I was just like, Chuck was like, you need to fucking calm down. Oh, I love that he told you to calm down. I never knew he I mean, did he's been that. telling me to calm down for a while. But then he's like, you cannot urinate on the World Wide Web. I was like, <laughs> rude. <laughs> anyway, so I... Uh, would get like hate and I'd get haters. And I was like, listen, you can be a hater because haters are real. Yeah. But you fucking sign up to be a hater. So show your face if yeah. you want to be a hater. You don't get to tap in for free and then mm. crap all over me. Respect. So that's why I'm So private. then will you not accept someone that has like a fake profile, like numbers or whatever? Oh, I have no idea. It's just like, I did just Yeah. But just like just, when I'm drinking and I'll just go to like, because your private Instagram, it's the best TV show I've ever watched. When you're Thank like you. in St. Bart's and shit, I am like, <laughs> I would rather watch this than Succession. It's also the wow. source of many people asking me if Nikki's okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've got people a lot like, of that. Is she all right? That's how much, why I've slowed down. How much longer do you think she'll be living for? Because we're concerned. <laughs> Every day is make a wish. <laughs> I know. But what's crazy is she will turn it up to a level that I would die. Yeah. And yeah. not die, like, die, but like I'd be dead, like not, no pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's like bench pressing the next day. Some people have tiger blood. Yeah, I do. I do have like, I'll often say that I have like X-Men blood. Mm-hmm. I have an animal running through me for mm, sure, which yeah. is just genetically born. But the thing with my Instagram that's misleading is I only feel inclined to post when I'm drinking and partying. Other than that, I'm not like, hey, I'm laying in bed. I should let people know that. Like it's the second I get alcohol, I'm like, I need to share this with my <laughs> friends. But so if I'm only posting drunk, then as far as you know, I'm only drunk. Mm-hmm. Right. You just were you not just drunk, drunk at hours Nina's thirty fifth because I was not seeing anything for I was seeing a lot from her and a lot from Kelly, but I was seeing nothing from you. Nina's thirty fifth. Nina's thirty fifth at Disneyland. Yeah, Nina. Yes. No, I was. I was post? drunk. Yeah, but you weren't posting. I didn't see any content from that birthday. Well, you know, when there's like people that have like celebrities. Yes, that's what they're called. I let them go first. I also like my content. But you're always with celebrities. No, I'm not. Not right now. You're not? Oh, <laughs> shit. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Okay, except for right now. Except for right now. Like a lot of your friends are, I mean, a lot of our friends are celebrities too. It's okay. We grew up in LA. Yeah. But like I was waiting for the content because everybody was posting from Nina's birthday. I was also you. quite, quite fucked up. You so know, I, you I'm, past I'm attempting to be more mature. I'm attempting, you know, like, Chuck will, you know, on, on nights, Chuck's my boyfriend, by the way, if you don't know, on nights, I'll wake up and I'll be like, hey, just to kind of read the room. <laughs> and he'll be like, this is who I heard from. And this is what I heard. And I'm like, ah, brutal. So like hearing from people being like, Nikki took it too far last night. Yeah. 
Mm. which is like <laughs> rude like, like don't, don't call my dad basically. i agree like also don't if you don't like the show then like don't tune in mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. tell me who you are <laughs> the craziest part of all of it is nobody has been in a longer committed relationship than you out of our entire friend group you're longer than me and tommy yeah mm-hmm. so i'm gonna take you back to the year 99? 1978. 99? 98. I was a senior in 99. No, no, I was a junior. You were junior. We met in 10th grade, I thought, no? I was in 10th grade. I was in 12th grade then. It was the summer before you went entered senior year. Oh, okay, You came it. home from Switzerland. Okay. So I went to boarding school in Switzerland, came back a changed woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I was European. Yeah. I thought I, I had, an, I think I had an accent for like a summer. Oh, that's why you were braised. No, honestly, that was just that me actually came later. Yeah, that came later. <laughs> um, I think I had an accent around that time. So she definitely had an eyebrow ring. Definitely had an eyebrow ring. I was finding myself. Nikki and I were introduced through a mutual friend. Yes. Who? This person, no, no, no names needed. This person was best friends with Nikki, newly friends, yeah. and one of my oldest best friends. Yeah. So Aaron was her old best friend, but Aaron went to Switzerland. I became her new best friend. Mm-hmm. And then she, why, are, from, why aren't we saying who it is? Because the story is going to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she knows. <laughs> um, so she from my end, we were in Malibu. We worked at Atlantis together where you came and visited and you shopped with us and didn't say one word to us as if you didn't know either Aaron of us. Aaron worked at Atlantis? No. Uh, me and, and your friend. Jane Doe. <laughs> Jane Doe. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, Aaron Foster's moving home from boarding school. She was my best friend before she left. Okay. Aaron. And then she introduced me to Nikki. And then Nikki and I started vibing with each other. Well, she was like, we're going to have to hang out with her. And I was like, okay, which was intimidating for me because the foster name was real. Oh, are, at that point? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize well, Sarah, what did that. Name, what did that name mean? It meant oh, that me, you were yeah. really pretty. You were really pretty. Well, also Jordan was really pretty. And Jordan and I were the same age, even though she was the grade below me, mm-hmm. but she was going out with Jason. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> which was like very cool. <laughs> which was very cool. She was in middle school and he was in high school, which is not very uncool. Which but is like the illegal. Time, yeah. So I was like, she's so skinny and she's these big boobs. And she's so pretty and like, uh. So the Fosters were cool in your the mind. Fosters, yeah, yeah. But I just wasn't really necessarily a part of that. Well, I didn't know you right. because there was no Instagram. There was nothing like that. Yeah. So like, I just know you existed, but I didn't like have a visual of you. Right. So I was coming back from boarding school. Our friend was like, we have to hang out there. And apparently it's a, this big task. Mm-hmm. And we hung out and then you and I vibed with each other. Mm-hmm. And then we started comparing stories. I mean, there's like an important part of the story. Basically, we all went to a movie and she got a call and she had to go into work. And so she was going to leave us alone. And she like got very weird about it. And y'all had a like a little discrepancy too, which is irrelevant. But I remember it. Um, I don't even remember what it, it was. It was actually kind Wait, of funny. We need to tell the audience, though, that Nikki, her memory is it's, infuriating. No, no, she no, doesn't. Crazy. For, she can tell me what I was wearing January <laughs> when 18th, I ignored her in 2001. <laughs> January no, 18th, crazy. 2001. It's crazy. Um, so what happened is we went to go see a movie. And part one of the things that homegirl had said to me about Aaron is that she was like, she was like, you're not going to like Aaron. She's very um, patronizing and disrespectful <laughs> and she's rude. And I was like, wait, why do we have to hang out with this girl? I'm like so stressed. Like I'm scared. And she was like, she's the worst. She's like mean. She's cruel. She has no regard for money. Like she's just a rich kid. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> hang out with her. <laughs> Terrifying. And so she, we hung out and I was like, I don't know. I haven't like, she hasn't like 
humiliated me yet. <laughs> so we go to a matinee, as one does in Agra, and they call and they're like, yo, you got to come work. And she's like, I got to go. And so we're like, well, we bought the tickets. So we come out and we're like, hey, we can't see the movie. Let's refund the tickets. And they're like, okay. And Aaron's like, I left my ticket inside. They're like, well, we can't refund the ticket unless you unless you get the ticket. And she's like, all right, let's just go. And homegirl was like, I'll go get the ticket and I'll keep the money. And Aaron's like, no, either you go get my ticket and give me my money or you go get the, t- we don't get the ticket and we're leaving because it's my ticket. And she's like, well, you can't waste the money. And they like got in like a fight. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so that was the brawl. So I remember you telling me about that. Okay, so just so I'm, I'm clear, we all decided not to go to the movie because. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because this oh. person. <laughs> <laughs> we all decided not to go to the movie the last second because she had to go back to work. We went to get refunded. We had to have our tickets in hand, and I was like, "Well, I left mine inside. I don't feel like going back inside, so right. I'll just like lose the fifteen bucks or whatever." Um, At that 15? time, probably, like, it was yeah, like six dollars. Right. That was like five dollars. Yeah, five or six dollars. And it was a matinee, so it was probably three. She wanted to go back and get my ticket and keep the money. Yes. So this was I. It's a stupid story, but it was money dynamic, which was a part part of the relationship. But anyway, so what ended up happening is she had to go straight to work. So Aaron was like, "I'll drive you home." Aaron was in a Jeep Cherokee at the time, which mm-hmm. she thought was like just rich and mature. And yeah, cool. Uh-huh. Um, uh, a Jeep Cherokee, Cherokee in the 90s like the was the coolest car. To, I mean, a Cherokee? Like, no, like, no, no, it wasn't like a Wrangler. Cool, it wasn't like a cool one. It was like it a was mom like car. bubbly and she got like gunmetal. It, like, it was a bad choice. <laughs> anyway, you had a Jeep Cherokee. I don't even remember this. Yeah, she got her first speeding ticket with me in the car. I lived with you at the time. Yes, <laughs> this is true. She lived right across the hall from you. <laughs> My car was in the driveway every, every night. day. <laughs> Um, anyway, so she was like freaking out because the other girl used to drive me around because I was only 15, so I couldn't drive. And now Aaron was going to drive me alone, uh, home, which meant we were going to be alone for the first time together. Mm-hmm. And she was being iffy about it. And then we got in the car and we, we listened to Cree Summer. Uh, Cree Summer was a big part of my it, life at that time. Yeah, yeah. She introduced it to me and like, I loved it too. Mean sleep had me going. Um, and so Aaron drove me home and we were like jamming all the way home. We pull up to my driveway and Aaron's like, honestly... I know that that you're like a oh. spoiled. Ah! <laughs> it's okay. We can bleep. We can bleep. We'll just we bleep. can bleep. We can bleep. Okay. Said that you're a spoiled little brat. And I mean, she just went in. She was like, I, I know you're annoying and needy and you bring nothing to the relationship and da, 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 but I like you. And I was like, ah, excuse me. <laughs> and then I proceeded to say to Aaron, well, she told me that you're patronizing and disrespectful and you're mean and to be prepared to be attacked and that you have no regard for money. So that was the beginning of our relationship. We were like, did we just become best friends? Which we did, which we had no business doing because we're polar opposites, but we did become best friends. We did. By the way, I love no regard for money. I mean, she had a point. You were just going to leave your ticket in the theater. Wait a minute. Justice justice for who? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you really think she was right in that? No, but no, by I the mean, way, I I went in. I was like, I'll go get the ticket and I'll give you your money, just like that. And you go, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. All right. I mean, it's like it's my money. Yeah, it's, it's sh- my choice. It is your choice. And I and I mean, not to like say it about myself, but I mean, I don't know if you would agree or not. But like, I was in a position where I had much more allowance money than my friends and stuff. But I was also really generous. I 
Sure, fine. Gen- I don't even remember like if there was things to be generous about. I don't remember money being like an issue with us ever. No, I don't think so. And in Erin's defense, she also had like this really strong thing. She look like at the end of the day, y'all were rich. You grew up rich, and it's like I grew up blessed and didn't have to worry about money. But I didn't have a trolley from the entrance of my father's house to the top of it. With like you know, there's a different level and a different. I mean, degree. honestly, neither did we. But okay, keep going. <laughs> we'll get into that. But she had this like determination to prove that she was not a rich kid and she was not going to abuse it. And she needed, then she drove a weird sob for many years and lived in a gross apartment to really nail it in mm-hmm. that she was not going to use her parents' money. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why I guess it, it, it's like, I mean, this, it's such old, it's like 25 year old, you like gossip upset. or whatever. No, but like, I think it's because of certain people who would treat me like that person would treat me made me feel so like, oh, I have to prove that I'm, you know, making my own way or whatever. And that I'm not like a spoiled person taking advantage. Um, anyway, so then we we basically pushed her out and yep. then became friends with each other. Yeah. Do you, I didn't even know this story. I didn't know that you guys bonded over, I had, this is all news to me. Well, I, I would guess that. that you did know it. You just didn't care. Mm, Wait, so how did this, true. How did this person handle you guys getting so close and being pushed don't out? Remember. I don't remember. It doesn't matter because we We're, locked eyes and it was just. It was just, that was it for us. We held hands and spun. And uh, yeah, the other friendship never really circled back around. <laughs> and here we are. You guys, I don't even know what you're going to learn from this because everyone's wearing skims. Okay. And if you haven't, then listen up. Okay. I mean, leave it to Kim Kardashian to find and source like the best fabric that exists. Of course, I can't explain to you the material. Everything in this line is perfection. The swimwear, the pajamas, the robes, the underwear, the bras, the bodysuits, the socks. It's endless. Every single thing is perfect. If you follow me, you know I only wear favorite daughter and Skims, basically. It's truly Skims is creating the next generation of underwear and bras for every single body. Take your pick. They have literally everything for me personally that fits everybody. T-shirt bras, those are the perfect literally the perfect bra, come in a million shades, um, most comfortable, make my boobs look the best shape. I think the thing is that the Skims bras, they are made with this, it's, it's innovative technology, okay, which gives you the best shape and support you could ever want. Wait, Skims bras are available now in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. I think that's got to be a first for a bra company. Uh, You guys, if you're not on the Skims train, it's time to get on the Skims train, okay? Believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews. Do you know how hard it is to get 100,000 reviews at all, let alone be five stars? Skims bras are now available at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you, you guys. This is very, very important. After you place your order, 
select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. And if you're looking for a gift for your Valentine or yourself, Skims just launched their best Valentine's shop ever. I already went on it, by the way, and placed my order full price. They have the cutest pajamas right now with hearts all over them. Okay. Okay. Hungry Root makes meal planning so easy. Okay. You no longer have to stress about what am I going to cook? What are the recipes? Do I have all the ingredients for those things? Hungry Root takes all that tiresome, exhausting guesswork out of it. So you go on Hungry Root, you take a quiz, it gives you recipes, it tells you all the ingredients you need for those recipes, and then ships them to your door. It just makes meal planning and eating a thousand times easier. Ask every mother, ask every person what the biggest stressor is around dinner time. And it's, what am I making? Do I have the ingredients? Are they healthy? Will the kids like it? Will my husband like it? Will my wife like it? It's really an amazing, innovative company. And out of all of the grocery delivery services, this is by far the most thoughtful, okay? Um, You're going to thank me. We are giving you 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Did you hear that? Free veggies for life. So right now, Hungry Root is offering only the world's first podcast with Aaron and Sarah Foster. They're offering our listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Go to hungryroot.com slash foster to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. That is hungryroot, H-U-N-G-R-Y-R-O-O-T.com slash foster. Do not forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you. By the way, that dynamic is so interesting because I feel like even at this point in life, we're all in our, in your case, late thirties, we're in our early forties where like this shit is still happening where someone is like feeling threatened by two other people connecting and it still happens even at this point in life. Oh yeah. Well, by the way, we pushed her out. So like sometimes it's, it's justified, right? It's also absolutely dangerous for Aaron. If Aaron, Jordan, and I are in the same room for me. Yeah. Or even Jamie. Oh yeah. That was like the last fight we had. Yeah. Cause Oh, like people are still territorial of you guys. No, I just when when you when there's like a third wheel in like in an intense bond, people mm-hmm. can get left out. It's never me. It's never been me. Obviously, everyone wants to buddy up with me. Nikki it's, can sometimes initiate some aggressive <laughs> what she thinks is joking. I but like to tease. She's a I'm a teaser. Teaser's a word for it, but it can make people feel a little bullied. <laughs> oh God, I don't want to be bullied. I don't like bullies and I don't consider it. But, but it example, can make people feel that way. Well, I'm always the one getting ganged up on. So it's really music to my ears hearing that this is happening to other people as well. I feel like you're just like reliving your past, like through different eyes now. I don't think we're ganging up. Wait, we're just you reminding mean? you of things you did and now you have a conscience. Yeah, you didn't. It's not used that I to. didn't have a conscience then. I mean, looking back, I was actually never horrible. I just, to your point, I just did not want to hang out with either one of you. Yeah, like, we felt see, that. This is where Sarah and I, and Sarah and I realized that we had really different childhoods. And like, I grew up thinking I was rich. She grew up thinking she was essentially poor. Really, my brother thinks no. that too. 
It's really I didn't weird. grow up thinking we were poor. I just didn't grow up with the mentality of I'm a rich kid because the difference was I didn't go to school with you guys. I didn't go to Malibu High. I went to Crossroads. So at Crossroads, everyone's oh, okay. parents were very successful. Not only were they successful, they were famous. So for me, I was like, oh, like my dad's a behind the scenes musician. Like your mom <laughs> is Goldie Hawn. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't Meanwhile, grow I'm up being shamed for way. like, you know, not caring about $5. But you have to remember we lived with our mom. So we, you have to remember that dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Like all my friends growing up had credit cards. I was like, wait, like at 12, 13, 14, 15 right. years old. Like it was just, it was just different. And Aaron and I have now realized we had very different childhoods, which in a lot of ways we did. Yeah, no, for sure. It's we an interesting thing. Absorbed that, it differently. Yeah. For sure. Even though you're yeah. like all in the room together, even just our memory of our encounters together. We we're all in the room yeah. together. This, the, what happened happened, but how you felt and your insecurities and where you were in your mind and in your life is how you read a moment. Totally. And isn't it crazy how we've all gone on to cultivate really deep, meaningful friendships with other people and we've all made new friends and we all have new best friends but you cannot make new old friends, right? right. Isn't there just, there's just something. It's like family. Yeah. It's It's like family. family. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because like Nikki and I, as we got older, really, I don't think we were so dissimilar in high school as we are, like we're as adults, you know, because life was just different. You weren't like partying and like. Well, we weren't us yet. Yeah. Figuring out us. And then when we were adults and we became so different, like, and we sort of, you know, became less like day-to-day friends. Still, like when I froze my eggs three times before meeting Simon, like the person who took me every time was Nikki. Right. And when our stepdad passed away at two in the morning, the first person I called was Nikki. I was Mm -hmm. like, you got to come like sit with the kids. Yeah. I think it was me who called her. Or you called her, whatever it was. But Nikki was the person to call to come and be with the kids at fucking two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's family. Exactly. Yeah. It's family. Okay. So- I think we need to do what we never do. We always wait way too long to get to questions. There were an obscene amount of questions for you. Yeah, I, think I just showed her the list. Not to sound repetitive, but I think people are just really um, curious about how who you are, how you do what you do, how you are the way. I mean, just like Catherine Power literally is like, She's a living legend. This is a living legend. Some other people wrote, this might be the first time I will actually ever listen to this podcast. (laughs) That's nice. Um, I think that um, people in life and maybe on these pieces of paper are really, I don't know if confused or intrigued or enamored or whatever. No, Nikki, I think that you are unapologetic about who you are and how you want to live your life. You have never ever um, made excuses for you, who you are. You're very clear about how you see your life in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. And there's no misstepping for you. You're very clear. And I think even if people don't know the details, the specificities of those things, which maybe we will talk about, people can feel it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Nikki's someone who doesn't want to have kids, doesn't want to get married and lives her life sort of in a very unconventional way. And I think that that's a big part of people being kind of fascinated because she doesn't really like play by the rules everyone else sort of plays by. 
Totally. I think a lot of people would love to party and fucking live it up and post about it and show the world. And a lot of people probably don't see themselves being mothers, but they feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I have to do. Society says that's what I have to do. And you've never wavered in well, who you I are. Think, well, thank you. I think that I don't mean to interrupt. <clears throat> um, I do something that I truly don't know one other person on the planet earth that does this. And I live a very selfish life. It doesn't make me a selfish human. I fucking give everything. If I love you, like I will anything for you. So I'm not a selfish human. And I think people get confused being selfish for yourself versus a selfish human are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So I live a selfish life in the sense that like, I know what I want, which is also I'm very lucky to know what I want because a lot of people don't know what they want. And a lot of people are very influenced by what the world has told us we should be, want, and have. Like, obviously, there's no book to like a how-to on how to live, but essentially there is. And I realized that only since COVID when I was like, wait, we don't have to go to work nine to five and sit around. Like, my like therapist or whatever has kind of said that we're like in a renaissance where people are figuring out things are different. We don't have to live what we've all been living, what the people in front of us did. So besides knowing what I want, I'm not affected by, hey, you know, so many people were like, you're 30, you need to freeze your eggs. I'm like, I'm not going to freeze my eggs because I don't want to be a mother. I love kids so much more than adults. I, I'm a great auntie. I'd be a great mother. And honestly, me not being a mother is probably the most important parental choice I ever made. And I remember in our 20s that you kept being like, I don't know, maybe I'll feel the instinct when I'm like 28, 29, 30, because you'd been in a relationship since you were 18. So it's I like, assumed it was coming. You always thought like, I think you think that in your 20s, you're like, there's a point where all of a sudden you wake up one day and there's this like instinct that That's, kicks in. Yeah. And then there's I remember you were like 33, 34. You're like, I don't think it's going to come. Same as a wife. Like I remember we, I got with Chuck in 20, 2003. And, and I remember, I don't know why the outside world's like, when are you getting married? And it's like, what are you, don't worry about what I'm up to. So many people, even now, like I have strangers that are like, you've been together 20 years. You're not married. Like, Ooh, I'm like, well, let me, I'm sure your marriage is fucking thriving. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, but I remember thinking, you know, after like two, three years, people are really like impatient about why you haven't made a life commitment to this person, which is so bizarre to me because it's no one's business, but your own anyways. And then I put in my mind, my favorite number is eight. So I was like the summer of, Oh wait, I'll get married. And it was like coming up and I was like, oh, I don't want to get married. And I made this like promise and like, anyways, so the summer of 2008 came left a while ago. And then the next thing, and I was like, you know what? I don't have to be a wife. And I always thought one day I would because I thought it was so beautiful to have a wedding. And I thought it was fun to have a bachelorette. And I wanted my dad to walk me down the aisle. And there's like beauty and cuteness to that. And you have a partner who would love to marry you. I do, which is so cute of him. Um, <laughs> but there was also like something really scary to me, at least about marriage, like having a lover, is tough. Having a roommate is tough. Having a best friend is tough. Having a financial partner is tough. Add it all together and then be like, we need you to promise the law. We're going to sign right here. We promise to God, sit everyone you care about. You can promise to these people that you will never leave. Okay. And if you do, you failed. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That sounds really scary. And I also, I also like, 
I like to wake up and choose Chuck. I like to wake up and think, Hey man, if I want to leave, I want to leave. And then I'm still here and it feels stronger. Like I feel like a huge part of us still being together after 20 years is that we didn't put a cage over us mm-hmm. for me. I mean, you're talking to Sarah. Sarah's never really wanted to be married either. No, it's interesting. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I think looking back um, and I, you know, we have kids, so it does, it's it does different. change yeah, the, that's different. The, pl- the playing field. But I think looking back, I probably would have mm-hmm. just because in some ways, I think the choice was total, a total fear, ba- fear based choice for me, for me, it was fear based for me. It was like, oh my God. What were you I have scared of? N- no respect for marriage. My mom's married a thousand times. My dad's married a thousand times. No one even seems happy. Like this is very scary to me. But looking back, I think it would have been a cleaner thing to do for the family unit. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's and probably not as scary as you thought because it'd be like the same existence you're living now. No, just- it would have 100% been the same. But I do now answer to kids going, why aren't you married? You know, and it's fine. It's not like they cry about it, but- right. You know, look, I think a lot of people would probably where you and I are sitting here going, no, we made that a healthy decision. Like this was the healthy choice for us. I think a lot of people will look at us and go, I don't know. I think we need to peel back the layers a little bit. Like let's really get to the root of why you don't want to Well, there's probably unhealthy reasons for people avoiding marriage and also people rushing to get married. You know, you always have to make a decision because it feels what's right. It feels like what's right for you and not pressure from the outside. And the, the, the like, you know, you and Chuck would probably have the exact same relationship if you were married because it doesn't really change anything. I don't feel Simon and I's relationship changed when we got married. It was like, you know, sometimes it's like exciting to know we have this. We all just have such different experiences. I love knowing that I'm part of this um, conventional thing because we grew up so unconventional that I like creating something different. I feel like I'm like living in a sitcom. I'm like, oh my God, I have like a <laughs> husband who comes home and I make him dinner. Like, that's so that's cute. cute. That's I cute. just right. love having that because no. I, I never knew if I was going to be able to have something like that. That, But the same reasons for me wanting something conventional are the reasons what Sarah, why Sarah didn't want something conventional. And you have totally different reasons. I also um, didn't have, I, my parents are still married. They have a wild relationship. They've been married for, gosh, on their way to 40 years. No, over 40 years. God. Wait, are your parents still married? They're still married. Yes. But, but the uh, thing that is, is, is they, they have a crazy ass marriage. I bless their heart. My mom would murder me for sharing any of her business. So I'm going to try and respect that. But, um, but <sighs> do we think she listens to the podcast? Oh yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> tapped fan. in right now. Um, but I also had this massive luxury that I feel most people don't have, which was really fucking cool. And I'm so grateful for you idolize your parents. <laughs> That's it. That's the luxury. Well, you Wrong. always did. You always no, idolize I love your parents. my parents. I love them individually for the people they are. I love them together. I'm, I love my parents. I'm deeply traumatized. No, you're a family my person. You're a family I, person. <laughs> like we Sarah, all are. Stop telling her who she <laughs> is. What I'm trying to say is I had two parents that didn't put any life pressure on me. They never said, you need to have a kid. You need to be a wife. You need to go to school. They literally said, what do you want? What feels right? Follow your heart. And they were also really honest with me when a lot of parents aren't and a lot of people aren't. And I remember 
I remember someone as I was approaching 30 was like, you need to freeze your eggs. I don't care if you think you don't want to have kids. You need the insurance. And I was like, I don't want the insurance. I don't want to insure what feels right to me. And I know like that feels disingenuous to my heart. And so I don't want to do that. And I taught, took a lot. I still have people. I mean, Lexi is still like, you never know. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm 40, dog. Um, anyways, so I was driving down a hockey Wait, game. Did you my, turn 40? No, I'm 39. You'll know when I'm 40. I was gonna if, say, if I make it, we are the whole world is going to be wait, blowing it Wait, are you going to rent out St. Bart's for your 40? Honestly, yes. I was going to say, yes. I don't think you turned 40 I want to fly out of a firework. <laughs> Anyways, so I was driving to a hockey game with my dad, which is like I hang out with my dad. We do hockey games and that's like our thing. That's like my we go, we talk, we bond. That's our thing. And I was like, dad, I need you to be real with me right now. Like I'm 30 years old. People are on me. And people are like, you gotta have a kid. Do I have a kid? Because I don't want to. Do I do it? Because now's the time. And this fool turns to me and he goes, no. <laughs> and I was like, um, I'm sorry. He's like, don't do it. It's the worst decision I've ever Literally made. Literally said everything. And I was like, I'm the reason you're alive. I'm your best friend. I am your everything. How on earth could you say no to me about that? And he was like, you are my best friend, my everything. The reason he's like, you and your brother are literally the reason I'm alive. I breathe and walk. But he said, it is the hardest thing in the entire world. And you will be a failure at the hardest job in the entire world every day of your life. And he said, even when you do good, you'll fail. And it sucks. Oh God. I was like, so dark. Hey. That's real. No one's parents ever said anything real like that. No one said. Well, that's also not everyone's experience. It's not, but, but it's it his made experience. sense to me. And by the way, my brother has kids and he had this strong need to be a parent and he did. And now he's like, I wish I had that talk with dad. No, but honestly, it's shocking to me how many people have kids. Like it actually is. The amount of people that I look at and I yeah. go like parenting is not for every, everyone can have kids, but parenting is not for no. everybody. It really isn't. And I really wish less people would do it. I'd be a really good parent. But it would compromise your life in a way that you don't want to compromise it. Well, back to me living an extremely selfish life. Like I literally do everything true to myself of what I want to do. And that's, and that falls in line with me being a party girl and, and whatever. And I think a good message there for, you know, we get a lot of women who listen and they feel like they're not where, where they should be at the age that they were, you know, that they are now. And they have a lot of pressure and they feel a lot of like, well, my friends are doing this and I should be doing that. Or my friends are further ahead or my friends are getting engaged. And these are more so people who want those things. Yeah. But in general, the message that we always try to relay is that everyone is on a different time frame, mm -hmm. and looking over what somebody else is doing should have no bearing on where you're at in your life. And the same relationship is not right for everyone. Like looking at someone else's relationship, we all want something different. You know, not everybody wants to be like when you and Chuck got together. Yeah. I remember my dream relationship was always kind of the same. And it took me until meeting Simon to find that. But it was the relationship where like he's deeply immersed in my friends and family. I'm deeply immersed in his friends and family. And like we, we build this like, life together. And I remember when you and Chuck got together and Chuck was like, not very social and like, didn't really want to hang with us. And he would like drop you off at the house in front and then leave. And I would be like, does it bother you that Chuck isn't like best friends with me and that he doesn't want to hang? And you're like, I literally don't give a shit. Like yeah. we live different lives. We have 
different interests and we have our own thing together. And then he has his friends and I have my friends. And like, you wanted an independent life, right? Yeah. Like everybody, wa- your relationship might not work for somebody else. And Definitely. like my relationship wouldn't work for you. And so it's a reminder to everyone that like, listen to yourself. What do you want? What do Boom. you need in your life? And that's the thing you should be seeking. Not what your best friend thinks you should have. Not what your mom thinks you or should society. have. Or society. Or the past. Like, what do you want? Yeah. Because that's what's going to work for you. That's what it is. It's just knowing what you want and committing to what you want, being okay with what you want. And know, and and I really feel like this COVID thing is a giving people the opportunity to listen to themselves and make different choices because everything's different now, in, in my opinion. And I think that this is what people are drawn to with your lifestyle. Yeah. Because a lot of those people, like, I don't think that they want to go out every night. No. I don't think that they want to go to every concert. Really I don't hard. think they want to party. I yeah. don't think they want to be with someone for 20 years and not be married necessarily. But I think that what they see in you is an acceptance of your lifestyle, an mm-hmm. acceptance of who you are. And like Sarah was saying, you live your life for you. Mm-hmm. And everyone can do a version of that, yeah, right? Like, by the way, Catherine Power, uh, you mentioned, is someone who I think does that in a very different way than Nikki does it. Catherine Power is someone who, and I know she listens, this is a compliment to her because I've always admired this. Catherine Power is a very particular person, as am I. She likes things the way that she likes them. She likes them buttoned up and she has no shame when the waiter comes over and she goes, excuse me, I'd like to discuss the menu with you. And all her friends can like roll their out. Here we go. What's it going to be in the menu? She doesn't really care what they say. She's going to get the meal that she wants the way that she wants it because she is a type A person and she gets shit done. And she's incredibly successful as that person and has the life that she wants. And she's unapologetic and not embarrassed. She's not trying to be Nikki, who's a free spirit, because she knows that that's not who she is, right? So I think it's wants. like you admire someone just being comfortable in their own skin. That's what it is. Totally. All right. I just had my first my first uh, scoop of AG1. I'm actually going to do two today. You only need to do one, but I'm going to do two because every single person in my house has been sick. Everyone I know has been sick. Guess who hasn't been sick? Mawa. AG1 makes it so easy, you guys. It is every morning you wake up, you brush your teeth. You got to just make it part of your everyday routine wake up, you put your feet down, you brush your teeth, you put a scoop of AG1 in your water, you stir it up, you down it, you're good. In one scoop, you have 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients. You have probiotic, the greens, the superfood. I think they've added a few new things that I'm actually not sure what it is, but it's just a game changer. It, you're going to have your optimal baseline immunity from this. Of course, you may need to do extra things if you're deficient, but this is going to just give you that baseline health that is going to put you ahead of other people. It just is because guess what? When everyone else is sick, I'm going. I'm going. I've got my energy. I'm feeling good. So I'm grateful to AG1. I've been doing this now for like three years and they're incredible. If there is one product I recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that is why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply, which is so crazy, a free one-year supply 
of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash foster. That's drinkag1.com slash foster. Check it out. Okay, I'm kind of glad that I'm talking about this without Aaron here. I always feel it's a little weird, you know, talking about sex with your little sister. Some people don't feel that way. I very much feel that way. So I'm happy to talk to you guys about Foria alone. Foria is changing the game for people's sex lives. There isn't anyone on the planet that doesn't want to have a better orgasm or a better sex life. They're just, it just doesn't exist. Foria is changing people's sex lives. People are writing in saying that Foria has made their orgasms better. It's made them connect deeper with their partners because that's how incredible it is. They now have a new product. It's called the Intimacy Massage Oil. It is helping create better connection. It's supporting your embodiment. It's enhancing relaxation. And it is, honestly, guys, it's just stirring up your arousal. I would say you need both oils. I would say you need the massage oil because that is going to relax you. That is going to get you in the mood. And then you need the arousal oil, the awaken oil, because then that's going to take care of the rest. So here's just some data since I love data. 92% of people that use the arousal oil felt more aroused. 92% of people that use the arousal oil reached orgasms. Now, let's be real, ladies. Not everybody is having the orgasms that they're telling you they are. But I think if you use, if you try this Awaken oil, you're going to actually not be lying when you're talking to your friends about having orgasms. You're going to actually have the orgasm you've always wanted to have. And guess what else? You deserve it. Okay? That's another thing. Women, we deserve it. I think we've spent so many years just kind of being okay with faking them or, you know, having them, but not them not being great. No, it is time to take the power back and have the orgasm you deserve. Okay, you guys, Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash foster or use code foster at checkout. That is F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash foster for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying this new massage oil combined with their Awaken Arousal Oil. You will definitely thank me later. How has your relationship evolved, you two? Because I think people listening, you know, we have some people, some listeners who write in who go, it's so hard for me to make friends. I don't know how to make friends. I don't know how to sustain friendships. I've, I, it's female friendships are so much harder than, um, than we realize or than we talk about. And so I think people are really fascinated by friendships that have been able to stand the test of time. You and Aaron are going on 25 years, 25 years. So how has your guys friendship evolved over time? I, th well, for me, at least Aaron tap in, if you think any of this is weird, I think that, um, we had like a really big, like kind of like not breaking point, but like a, like a shift with, with her and Simon, I think, um, well, a couple of things happened, you know, Aaron and I are super different. 
we very much like sisters don't have a problem butting heads. Like we'll get into it. Like a lot of friends will like take it and be like, I'm going to call so-and-so and be like, I didn't like the way she did that. And we'll be like, do not speak to me like that. You know? <laughs> like, so, so when Simon entered right, her life, you guys are direct with each other. We're very direct with each other, but it wasn't always like that because I don't know if we were honest with ourselves about our relationship. And, and I would say just to add to that, yeah. that timeline, I think that as Nikki and I became really different people in our 20s, we kept trying to force each other to be the way we wanted each other to be. I wanted Nikki to take her life more seriously because I was taking my life seriously and it bothered me. She wanted me to chill the fuck out and have a good time and like like her new friend or whatever. I don't like everybody. I don't like all these new people. Nikki wants to include different people in things. She wants to, whatever, she wants to go by her rules. I want to go by my rules. And I think that it got sticky for us in our 20s because we were not going to be the person the other one wanted us to be. And so we had all this friction about it. And then I think for me, at least yeah. today, we just have very different expectations of each other. I don't need Nikki to be who I want her to be. And she doesn't need me to be who she wants me to be. So we've like chilled on but the I control. Would say, I would say every relationship dynamic can, can relate to that. That's your and my problem. You and I got better when you stopped demanding that I react to situations the exact way you would and vice versa. Our, I think our relationship changed when we decided to accept each other for who the other is and be okay with you being how you are and me being how yeah. I am, which is I, very different. And that comes with accepting yourself too, That's you know, true. like I yeah. still can feel, you know, uncomfortable and upset if Nikki and I are on a vacation together and she's like, do a fucking shot, get in the pool, stop it. Like splashing me with water. Like get off your fucking iPad, you loser. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I'm feeling triggered right now. Like I'm 23 years old. And like Nikki's like deciding how I have to have fun on vacation. And it's like, the truth oh. is I want to sit by a pool and like listen to music or read a book. And like, I am like in my, I'm thriving in that environment, you know? And Nikki wants me to like- I'm actually thriving Be in that doing- I was getting my hair braided. I brought prom. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Jamie's bachelorette? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there was like that sticky point, certainly for me of like, I'm 37 years old and I am Were enjoying- Were you 37? I mean, maybe even 38. I don't know. Wow, okay. I don't know when it was. 36? I don't know. Um- I'm an adult and I'm like enjoying my vacation the way that I enjoy vacation. And like, I love the way you enjoy your vacation, but like I, you and I are such different people. Like I don't want to be shamed for listening, to, reading a book by the pool. Like, cause I'm enjoying myself. Right. You know? And she doesn't want to be shamed for taking a shot at 10 AM. Totally. And I, by the way, have <laughs> literally have zero judgment. I love that Nikki is who she is. I just want to be allowed to be who I am without feeling like that's not fun because we just have fun in different ways. Did you did you feel that way at that time though? Did you be like, I love you for who you are, but you're just coming mm. at me? Yeah, I I have no I have no judgment at all about you and I having fun in different ways. Like I can no, see you I don't fun either. in the pool and be like, that's dope that she has fun that way. But at that time, yeah, I don't now. But there's actually a really funny, great story about for me, how like we kind of like shattered that and put that down and moved on and have the relationship that we have now. But at that time at Jamie Singh, which was like five, six, seven, I don't know, years ago, did you five feel that ago. at that time? Like, feel which part? Well, you definitely felt like attacked and triggered and I was fucking with you. <laughs> I, but I feel like she, she, I'm like, come on, nerd, put your fucking book down. We're at a bachelorette. Like I've like literally outsourced a woman from 
in city to come braid my hair. And I'm like, got this couple from, I don't know where, like taking pictures with me. And Aaron's like listening to Jeff Buckley and reading a book. <laughs> Anyways. But at that time where you like, you be you, babe, fly your wings. Oh, I didn't know that. Cause I didn't, I felt judged at the time too. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I don't have any judgment. I really felt like you're you're screaming at me that I'm a loser from the pool <laughs> and to get in the shot and that I'm not I'm being sorry. fun. I was just trying to play. And I, but I really did feel attacked. I was just like, I'm literally not even like judging what you're doing, but like you're judging what I'm doing. I just want to like, I'm having like such a nice time I'm doing sorry. what I'm doing. And like, you want me to be this person that, I don't have fun in the pool doing shots because I feel like stressed by the pressure, you know? I wasn't judging you. I was just wanting you to have fun with us. And, you know, I have fun one way. Okay, well, honestly, so this is a good healing moment yeah. for us. Because <laughs> I was like, that was a really hard moment for me. I was like, why can't I just be myself? No, at know? the end of the day, your feelings were hurt because yeah. you called me and you were upset. But what's so crazy is if in that moment you had said, I'm like about to cry. Like my feelings are so hurt. Like I want to, I think if you had have expressed vulnerability, except for frustration and anger, Nikki responds to vulnerability is, is what my experience has always mm -hmm. been with you. And vulnerability is a hot topic on this podcast and a place that Aaron and I have never operated from, especially me. And I would imagine, by the way, guys, it was eight years ago because their wedding, Josie was a newborn. No, no, no. This wasn't her oh, bachelorette. It was her 30th. It was her 30th. It was her 30th. Oh, it was her 30th. okay. Okay. Um, but you probably weren't vulnerable. You were probably like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, who knows how I you I don't even know if we got it. into it. I think that we just went we, our separate ways and like, you probably called Chuck and I called Simon and we were both like, I don't feel good. Like, and I, and I, I think I like did cry on the phone to Simon because I was like, this feels horrible. I like don't want to be here anymore. Like this just feels terrible. Right. Right. You cried to Simon, but you didn't cry to Nikki. Yes, exactly. And by the way, here's the thing. We all have history and yeah. we judge each other yes. based on our history. Yes. So yes. at 23, I may have been judging Nikki being in the pool, right? At 36 or whatever, I'm like, do you girl live in your life in the pool? Like, I love that we can all have fun in different ways because sometimes it takes pressure off of me. Like you guys go over there and like do that thing. And me and the person that wants to read by the pool will have our talk and like everyone be who they are. You know, that's a place it takes time to get to. Like, I don't feel insecure about being a person reading a book by the pool today. I did 10 years ago. And when you feel insecure about you, who you are, you're defensive. It's so funny. I've always been the person, you experienced one trip where you just wanted to sit by the pool and read a book. I've my entire life been the boring one. I've always been the one mm -hmm. that doesn't want to party, doesn't want to have fun, wants to go to bed early. I've always been that person. And I've always dealt with people being like, you're no fun at all but I never cared. But did you feel, yeah, um, but did you feel like you needed to drink more, be more fun, or you always felt like comfortable being that person? I always felt fine just being like, fuck off. Well then you, I mean, listen, you were more confident in who you were at a younger age, probably. You're what? more comfortable today though. Like, you know, I don't know, asking what a fucking word means. Like that to me is like the height of confidence. That is sexy, yes. dude. That's way sexy. I did it, by the way, I did it the other day. You were not, we were on a meeting with, um, with a founder and she was pitching her company and she said something and I go, oh wait, I actually don't know what, what does that mean? Good for and you. it felt great saying it. Yeah. I would have never done yeah, that like hot. four years, to me, three, it's two the years height ago. of mm -hmm. like being who you are, being comfortable in your own skin is asking what somebody something came up the other day in the writer's room and you know I can feel intimidated in the writer's room like oh god am I reading enough am I do I know that thing 
And someone was like, oh, it's just like that book, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then someone goes, wait, I, I don't think I've read that book. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't think I have either. <laughs> I know, actually, no, I haven't. <laughs> but I thought maybe it was a book that like literally everyone must know. And so I was scared to say it. And I thought, oh my God, it's so funny. I'm still doing that at like 41, you know? Because I thought I'd, whatever. It's still like panicking sure. moment of like, I've never heard of that thing. And you think everyone's going to be like, you haven't seen that. You haven't read that, but. Okay. A lot of people wrote in and they were like, okay, yeah. But when did Sarah become like, and so here's what I would say. Uh (laughs) I just, it's a thing for me. Like I, it's the same for me with Jamie. And obviously you and I have way more history Uh and you and I, like I'm calling you at two in the morning. I'm not calling Jamie, you know, but I just, for me, I can't shake the little sister thing. Like Aaron is my little sister and yeah. I look at you, sure, as Jamie, le- as little sisters. Like yeah. I don't look at you guys as... Equals. <laughs> as equals. <laughs> no, like I, it's like, I just, I can't explain it. Like I would say to anyone, uh, Nikki's our family. Like if it's like, like Nikki's our family. Like Nikki's there when my kids are born. Nikki is there in any an emergency, Nikki's the person. I want her to sell her jewelry company for $500 billion. Yes. Like, but I think of you more as a little sister than a best friend. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I honestly think of you as an older sister. Yeah. And, and I love that dynamic. And it's so funny because we're all so old now, but well, we're so that, close in age, but when when you and I were growing up, it didn't feel like we were 18 months apart. It felt like we were five years apart. Well, like 10 years apart. A, a one grade difference like matters. Like I even say now, I'll say, what grade are you? And Chuck's like, you're 40. Stop asking people what grade they are. <laughs> no, like, I literally think it, like I forget that Jordan will be like 40. Like Jordan's like 38 years old. Yeah. I think she's like five. Like I just can't. No, I think of Jordan as like 13 forever. Sister, yeah. Yeah. What? I think of Jordan as like being 13 forever. Right. There's just this thing. And so that, so then everybody that comes along with you guys, like when I see Lexi, even when I see Natalie now at volleyball, I'm like, you're babies, you know? Well, to answer your question, which started this is the evolution of our relationship. What I was going to say is I think that in time, we just got really honest with each other. And in the time that we were struggling to, we, I don't know if, at least for me, I don't, I wasn't aware of what the issue was. It was just that we were different, but in, in being different, there was a lot of exclusion going on for both of us. So she'd be like, why didn't you invite me to this? And I'd be like, I'm not going to invite you to like a three day bender where we're like at a hip hop concert, getting face paint. Like that's not your vibe. You would be miserable. And I'd be like, Erin, you had a poet society meeting (laughs) without me, (laughs) you know? So there was actually a a really, I think, fucking funny conversation that we had. And I feel like the dynamic of our relationship forever changed. And it was like the most honest conversation we ever had. It was right before you got married. Yeah. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, she called me and she was like, Hey, can you come to my house? Like bring your computer. Like we're going to talk about the wedding and whatever. And I was like, okay. So I was like, Hey babe, <laughs> I'm going to go to Aaron's. She's going to ask me to be in her wedding. She's going to ask me to be her maid of honor or whatever. I'll probably be home in like an hour. I called <laughs> Lindsay. He's like, I'm going to come over to your house after you're down the street. Like Aaron's going to ask me to be your bridesmaid and then I'll be over in like an hour. And I walk in and Aaron's like, <laughs> and I'm like, hi. And she's like, 
I'm just going to say it. <laughs> like you're like a bad friend and I feel really judged from you. And I feel like you are holding on to a lot of things from high school. And it feels to me like you're holding me to things I did in high school. And like I'm just going and I'm like, whoa, I misread this. You're like, I thought you, I, so I'm not your maid of honor? <laughs> I literally thought you were going to like hand me a Jen Meyer bracelet that said like maid of honor. <laughs> And she was crying. Oh and I like got God. my laptop and I'm like, oh fuck. You're like, so are we not looking at weddings? I was literally like had pictures pulled up and I was like, I I misread this. But that was actually incredible because yeah. I I she's crying and I started laughing. I'm like, oh my God, what? I was like, I don't hold. I feel judged. I feel like you don't like who I am. And in there we got to really get down to it and strip raw. And it's like, listen, what we have in common, undoubtedly, always, no matter what is love Mm -hmm. and we're changed and we're evolved and we're different people. But like, if we have that basis, then we can work with each other on any level. And when we cleared, like, I don't ever want her to feel bullied and really her translation of it, whether accurate or not, or that's what I was not my intention. So her feeling bullied at a pool breaks my heart. I, what I really was saying was come have fun with this. That was my translation. Mm -hmm. It came in the form of, Hey, fucking nerd, put your shit down. and let's. (laughs) That's how I am. I'm kind of raw like that, but like (sighs) that hearing you say you were like so sad. I'm like, Oh God, that's never how I want her to feel. So the evolution of our friendship, I think is honesty. And that feels like that with every relationship. And really accepting who we both are because life shifted in our twenties and, and Nikki got into a relationship really young and we had such different lifestyles from that point on. Um, okay. If you listen to this podcast, you've obviously heard us talk so much about element and I can't stress to you guys enough. We do not talk to you about things that we do not love and use. It would be very inauthentic. I'm not a good enough actress to pretend like I love something. Element is a game changer. I told you guys last episode, I got all my blood taken. Every time I get my blood taken, I'm so confused because I drink so much water. And every time I get my blood taken, they're like, you're very dehydrated. And I've tried everything. I've tried the lemon, putting only lemon in it. I've tried a million different things. So the last time I got my blood taken, she was like, oh, wow, your levels are incredible. And the only difference is that I have been religious with my element. Okay. It's the easiest thing in the world. I really am doing it now every single day. I feel better. I have less headaches. I have more energy. I'm not as lethargic when I wake up in the morning. Being hydrated is the key to so many things on the inside and on the outside. What element has done that other people have not done with their electrolyte powders is there's no sugar. A lot of these electrolytes have so much sugar in them. So you're defeating the purpose, but Element has the perfect combination of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. It's the perfect ratio to give you optimal hydration. There is no junk, there is no sugar, there's no coloring, no artificial flavors, no gluten, no fillers, nothing, all right? So you gotta just embrace this. It's gonna change how you feel in so many ways. And if you just, for vanity reasons, when you're hydrated, your skin looks better. So do it for that. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. 
This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash foster. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash foster. Element offers a no questions asked refund policy, which is crazy. You're not going to return this stuff, but if you wanted to, you could. What's interesting about this to me is that one of my big issues, maybe not issues is the right word, but something that Aaron and I deal with on a regular basis is I feel like I am always being held to that moment when I was 15 or that moment when I was 16 or that moment, you know, and my whole thing has been like, please, can we just lay it to bed? You know, can we please just live in the now? And so it's interesting to hear that she was so emotional with you about, please, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like always be held to what happened in high school or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's interesting for me to hear that side of her. Yeah. Well, it's also a good comparison that you're making. Cause I, I, I mean, that's a fair thing to say. Like I am drawn to friends who are like, see the best in me. Right. And it was Mm -hmm. hard thinking of, to me, I'm like, oh, in my mind, Nikki sees the worst in me. Like she only remembers how like awful I was when I was 18 or something like, cause I don't like who I was in high school. Like, I don't like who I was in my early twenties. Nobody likes who they were in I high school. I fucking love who, who I was in high who school. They were in high school. I loved, I honestly never not loved myself. <laughs> Even when I was fat and I was emotionally abusive, I was like, you're a fat, hot bitch. <laughs> uh, well, good self-esteem. Yeah. Um, By the way, you've always had good self-esteem. And you know what? Again, look at the relationship between her and her dad. Women who have really healthy relationships, healthy attachment issues with their father as women, they're confident. They're confident. Their self-esteem is high. Although I I do seek every male to fall in love with me because I'm like, I love that the love that I have with him. So I need it from everyone. Right. No, but I was going to say that Nikki Mm -hmm. said to me once when we were adults, I think, that like she had never scrutinized her body or felt self-conscious or thought that she was fat. No, she never let me see her naked though. I always tried because uh, she had the hottest Sarah. body ever. And I was always trying to cop of a Thank glance you. and she never let me see her naked. Let me just finish the sentence. It's, it's important. pretty important ending here. <laughs> never felt any of those things until she became friends with me and spent time in our household. Yeah, I, I was unaware of it. What? Because mm-hmm. our household was filled with girls constantly talking about our bodies to each other. Not and me. she... Yeah, you were. You were, well, you were very you, aware. You weren't no, talking no, to us at all. Guys, but. I'm sorry. There, I will put my foot down. That is not true. I was never obsessed with my body ever. It's to be true. fair, you weren't speaking to us at all. So I'm not putting you in that category. I'm just saying the household, it was that. I mean, as someone who sat at the Thanksgiving dinner table, absolutely tits out, Sarah. I think that you probably felt good about your body. Tits out. I mean, no bra, no shirt, nothing. I'm not saying I didn't feel good about my body, but I was not someone who obsessed about what I ate, working out. No, but you were uh, vain. It just was not something I was ever, no, but I didn't even think about. But you were vain. You were aware of yourself. Like you wanted, you put your body out there. You liked how you looked. You like talked about how other people looked. Like that was our household. No, but if I'm being really honest with you, that's actually not, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, that is actually not true. I've, I've talked about it on the pod. I always felt way too skinny. I was flat chested. I never had any boobs. I actually never felt like, oh, I'm so hot. I have the hottest body. I never thought that growing up. This is what I deal with. Oh, well, I can't comment on that. I thought you were really pretty and I still do. But 
I get it. And and I know that you thought that. And yeah, I know that Aaron no, thought really that. Matter. To this day, Aaron's like, feel. I had the hottest sister. I blah, blah, blah. Actually, that's not true. Now she looks back at photos of me and she's like, it's so weird to me that you were like the hot girl. Who says this? <laughs> um, but that was your guys. Re- that's how you guys sure. saw me. But that is not how I saw myself. Did I think I was like the little ugly duckling? No, I knew I was pretty. I knew that I was whatever, but I did not feel like, oh, I have the hottest body. I never felt like Sarah, but nobody's saying that you were thinking that about yourself. It's that we were in a household of women that constantly talked about each other's bodies, other people's bodies, celebrity bodies, ideal body types. That is my read as well. Yeah, and that is true. I mean, whether you I have no idea what not, was going through your head or whatever. And obviously at that point in our lives, you were not interacting with us, but that's I was what was happening to say, in You got to pick a lane. Cause was I even there? Like the whole narrative is that I was never there. I moved out. But Sarah, I was never come on. It's not, like, it's not like when you were 16 years old, you were like, you know, valuing people's like intellect and what languages they speak. Like you were vain. I was vain. We were vain in different ways. You were a vain person who was like killing it. I was a vain person who was like aspiring to kill it. And we grew up in a, in a household with two parents who are vain, two parents who talk to us about the way we look and our appearance and our bodies and all that stuff. Like one of your challenges that you talk about openly on this podcast is vanity and like a need to always feel perfect and the prettiest girl in every room. And like that didn't happen by accident. But growing up, I didn't feel this pressure that I had to be this per. I didn't feel that at all. Well, what about, okay, let's, let's say so like at 16, you were like 21, 20, I don't know. What, at that point in your life, you know, what were you feeling as far as beauty? Like you, you definitely felt like you were better than would, all of us. <laughs> you were going to the tanning salon and getting your hair done and wearing your little Frankie B's. You were ripping your beauty and but sexuality. I was just, and but I wasn't it. trying to, uh, I, I think that I did not grow up with the same, I had my own insecurities, but not about my body, but we're about Sarah. I think that. you're risk reading it. We're not saying you were insecure about your body, but you were very focused of your beauty and how important that was to you. And it was very important to you. And today, when you're someone who's valued for things, not just for being beautiful, but being smart or being funny or being talented, you always say that for you, it is still a struggle to, to accept that like that you wish you had been valued for other, for things other than your beauty when you were younger, because you were valued for your beauty. I think you guys kind of, I was in my own bucket. You guys viewed me as this beautiful person. That's how you guys viewed me. You guys all thought I was this thing. I was treated this way. And you guys felt, I don't know, not a part of that is how, you know, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I I felt inferior. For sure. Yeah. I thought I couldn't even like approach you because you were so beautiful, but that's not your thing. That's my thing. Speaking of bodies, I think you have an incredible body. That's and- very kind. Thank you. Same. And you come across as somebody who is so body confident. I am body confident now because I've, I've like done a lot of work and not just physically. It was really all the mental work that I've put in towards it and dealing with my fucking issues um, that's changed it. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I love myself and I love my body. Should we do, Sergio's here, so I do need to go in a minute, but should we do like a little rapid fire or what should we do? You have the questions next to you. Oh, oh, I'll let, I'm going to ask sort of a last one before I go. Tell me. Do you feel like pressure to be this fun person? Do you ever feel like, fuck, like I just don't really want to be fun tonight, but so many people expect that I'm the life of the party and that 
Um, I, you, that happens to me a lot. I don't respond to the pressure. I never give in to the pressure. I do get pressured. I'm very firm on who I want to be when I want to be it. And the times that I'm ready and prepared to drink and times I'm not, I don't waver. But yeah, I get like fully bullied. Like, why aren't we having fun, Nikki? Oh, you have fun all the time. You're not having fun tonight and whatever. And usually my response is generally like, oh, you want to have fun? And then people are like, no. And I'm like, all right, then. Yeah, you can't keep up. <laughs> I'm going to have your vino and wrap it up. Um, Steve. Okay, well, you guys finish it. Okay, Nikki, we'll, we'll finish you. it. Thank We're going to finish doing it. doing this. People, I think, are going to really love the episode. All right, love Bye. you. Love you. Bye. Um, why don't we answer some of those questions? Okay. Like, I guess, how you stay so positive and how you keep your good vibes so high. Okay. Those are two questions that are good. I mean, I, people ask me that a lot. Um, but for me, people are really, I've found... I don't want to like pin any people really caught up on tomorrow and the next day and mm -hmm. in time. And part of this like selfish lifestyle I'm talking about is I'm just trying to make myself happy in this moment or in this day. Mm -hmm. Like if I can get through today, then we got a new, new opportunity tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'm, 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 a, I'm a pretty light person. I'm a happy person. I, I, I've been exposed to people that have different struggles, chemical struggles, genetic struggles, a lot of issues. I have a very beautiful, lucky, charmed lifestyle. I, just, just from the outside alone, not even knowing but who I way, am. By the way, a lot of people have charmed lives and they're not sure. lives. And they're not happy, right? So I don't. Do you? I. You tell me this. Yeah. I don't think. I think when someone is really struggling in their life financially you know, they don't have the job they want, whatever they're like, they really are struggling. It is hard to be happy, but there are a lot of people who have a lot of things in their life and they're not oh, yeah. happier. Oh yeah. No, I agree with that. Well, like, I think this is who you'd be, whether you had met Chuck. And yeah. Had the life kind or of not. test is, is really like, I can have fun on a yacht and, in, in can, or I can get absolutely down in a dive bar in anywhere. Yeah. But so basically for me, it's just the right now. It's just the right now. You have to let go of tomorrow and the next day. And I know that's easier said than done, but if you give it a shot, also like I have bad days, not a lot. So I'm kind of lucky like that. I also know my medicines. When I get down, I lean on music a lot. I dance a lot, not like choreograph, but I like get in the mirror and I dance. Like I know what helps me. I know mm -hmm. what my drugs are. I actually don't lean towards, even though that's probably confusing alcohol and things that actually manipulate my mood falsely is not how I deal with a, mm. a lapse in happiness. That's when I don't get fucked up when I'm in a bad head place. But if that's you- so interesting. Yeah. For me, you like- You really are not an alcoholic. Well, <laughs> a different kind. kind yeah. <laughs> no, but someone had said to me once um, that he that he only drinks to celebrate something or when he's having fun with his friends yeah. or like positive things, but really tries to never drink because you're like, you had a bad day and you want to have a glass of wine at home by yourself. Like you should never connect alcohol with downs. Yeah, I'm, there's all different type of alcoholism. And I, listen, if I thought I was an alcoholic, I would quit. I don't want to quit. So I'm, I ain't no alcoholic. Spoken like an alcoholic. <laughs> doesn't want to so quit. So <laughs> I, I, there's variants of what alcoholism looks like. It's different. I don't, I've never gotten drunk at my house by myself. Does that not make And me I have. Happy? Yeah. So like, you know, or like, I, you know, there's like all different things going into what makes me or doesn't make me an alcoholic. So you're different. not, you don't drink to escape. You drink to no. like intensify your experience. Yeah. Alcohol to me is, it's a, it's a party drug. 
It's also like, listen, I'm 40. Going and running around a field for 30,000 steps on these knees is like, there's no chance. I need rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I'm, I don't drink coffee. I need fuel. I need, you know. So crazy. So, Doesn't drink coffee. Yeah. yeah. So alcohol is for me is different. But staying positive and and people are always like, how are you so happy and jovial and whatever? I'm really trying to stay within the 24-hour days. And it's me, me, me. Not at the risk of other humans. Not at the risk of like hurt feelings or anything and never, which is also only a reflection of me that I don't, I, I'm not like the best person in the world that I don't want to hurt anyone. It, it, it hurts me to hurt. So like in 24 hours, how am I going to get through this day and feel my best? And by the way, the craziest thing is you just don't know when that 24 hours is up. This might be your last day, people. I'm not like a nerd that not that people that are nerds, if they think that, like, you never I know. feel targeted. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron would think. But, like, it's not it's not on the level of, like, you never know in which moments you're last. No, it's a, it's a little more, like, raw than that. Like, let's, let's just get by. Let's get by this minute. Let's get by this five minutes. Let's get by this hour. Let's get through the night. And whatever will make you fucking happy right now, let's ride it. And not so feel I feel guilty for that. I think it's not really something that people can emulate because I think it's like for you, the way that your brain works is that you aren't getting bogged down by yesterday or tomorrow. And most people are stressing about the thing they haven't done yet or the thing that they've done that they regret. Also, people put a lot of guilt on themselves. People feel guilty having a good time. People feel guilty letting loose. People feel guilty soothing themselves. Like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I remember I went to this like birthday a few months ago and there was, I went to brunch after the birthday and this woman walked in that I didn't know that was with the party. And I was like, hey, do you have fun last night? And she was like, I don't know. I I didn't go to bed till six in the morning and I did drugs and I've got kids at home and I feel really, really guilty and I'm shame spiraling. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, I haven't had fun since I was a mom and now I did it. And I feel like I took it too far and I'm scared. No, we we deserve that. Enjoy yourself. Life is hard. Your kids are okay. Yeah. Find find fun everywhere you can in every second of every day. If you can find fun for a minute, fucking take it. Take it. And it doesn't, fun doesn't come free. It really doesn't. So, mm-hmm. like, if it's available to you, take it, dude. Mm-hmm. Then and don't by the way, guilty. whatever fun looks like and means to you, reading. right? Reading. But genuinely, I know that that's a joke, <laughs> but, like, I was saying this last week that I, today, as an adult, feel like I'm surrounded by, at least in my work life, people who are, like, workaholics. And, like, 24 hours a day, they're sending me work texts and sending me work questions. And I'm like, guys... It's Saturday. I'm going to read a book for an hour and enjoy myself. And I'll get back to you in the afternoon. I'm not going to like live by this like panicked schedule that we have to like constantly be answering each other's texts and emails. I'm going to take a moment for myself. Yeah. And that might be a fucking massage and it might be reading a book and it might be like talking on FaceTime with Jordan for an hour. But like I'm going to fill my cup the way I want to fill my cup. Good. And they look different, but it's still like giving yourself. Well, that's honesty with yourself and that's not feeling shame about it. Exactly. So good. Exactly. We're all deserving of a good time. We fucking are. Mm-hmm. Whether we're going through it or not, or we have issues or not, or if today's a shitty day or it's not, everyone deserves to have fun <laughs> and enjoy this rough thing called life. True. And that's our podcast for today. Okay, great. <laughs> we've had highs, we've had lows. We always do. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Hope you liked it as much as we did. We have a big, big, big request for you. We, we do. Please go leave a review. It makes a big difference for us. I was about to say, Aaron, don't sound so desperate, but we are a little desperate. We are a little desperate. We need you to leave a review. It's really important. And we don't ask you for anything. Two seconds. By the way, send a screenshot of your review and maybe we'll post it. Okay. Maybe we'll call you. Maybe we'll... Why are you rolling your eyes? Just every episode is going to say that though. Great. <laughs> okay. This podcast is executive produced Can by... Can you not use that voice? I'm sorry. I'm trying to sound... Yeah, but you don't need to make it sexy. This podcast is executive produced Just by... Be... Can you... Do you have a normal voice? Yeah. Aaron Foster... Sarah Foster and Allison Bresnick. Okay, I'll take over. Our, Our associate, associate producer is Montana McBearney. Our audio engineer is Josh Windish. This show is hosted by Simplecast. See, that didn't sound nice. Oh, that sounded great.